0: Welcome to the Vision for the Valley podcast. I am your host, Joseph Velarde. In this podcast, we will discover the gem that is the Lehigh Valley and learn from people from all walks of life. Hey, it's Joe Velarde again here on the Vision for the Valley podcast. I'm so excited that you're here with us, joining us for this conversation with my good friend, Jeff Hodges. And What we're doing with the podcast over these last several episodes uh, is really focusing on People outside of just the immediate Lehigh Valley area, in part, in part because we want to make sure uh, that we're hearing what people are learning outside the area in light of COVID-19, how they're leading and, and learning through that time, as well as I wanted you to hear from people who have influenced me, who have impacted my life, and have really caused me to have a vision for the valley. They they have been a big part, of point into me. And so they have been instrumental in my vision for the valley. And then just lastly, I have a lot of questions about life and leadership. And I thought it'd be fun for you to hear these conversations as I hit the record button. Uh, and Jeff and I go way, way back. Uh, we have known each other since 1996. And so as you think about uh, the length of time that we've known each other and the things that we have experienced together, uh, man, he has been just such a, a big gift to me and in my life. And I'm, I'm just really grateful uh, just for the work he's done in the Smyrna, Georgia area, which is my hometown where I'm from. And he's uh, worked at Smyrna first Baptist uh, for, I don't know how many years, Jeff, how many years has it been? I, uh- 30 years 30 years wow so he's worked there 30 years and and what an incredible incredible um just man jeff is and and just how god's used him and and really the impact he's made so jeff tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and and what it is that you are involved in currently
1: well thank you joseph it's it's so good to be with you again and you, you are such a blessing to me. Um, you're always so positive and encouraging and I know you are a tremendous blessing to the Lehigh Valley area. Uh, just what a gift you are to, mm-hmm. to the people there and to all that you minister to, but thank you for, for inviting me to be with you. And it's always great to spend time with you. Uh, just a little bit about myself. Um, I've been married to my wife, Jackie for 38 years uh we have four daughters um Hannah, Heidi, Jenna, and Kate and our first three are all married and have children and our youngest Kate was uh delayed our empty nest by 10 years mm-hmm. and so we uh, she's a high school graduate during this time uh, this mm. is the month that she would be graduating and uh, has completed all her course requirements, but um, it's been a little different for her with a graduation season happening during the coronavirus pandemic. Um, so we, ha- we have five grandchildren. We, we started have- off with four daughters and then three granddaughters. So we thought that it was only gonna be girls, and then we had two grandsons. Mm-hmm. All of them are four and younger. So what a joy and blessing it is to be able to spend life and share life with uh, my family. Uh, for the last 30 years, as we just mentioned, I've been in Smyrna, Georgia. Uh, I've only served two churches. Uh, the other one was in Elberton, Georgia, which was a, a great place to begin ministry and do youth ministry and um mainly me. I love sports of all kinds. Enjoy participating can't participate as in as many now as I've grown older, Mm. but, uh, I do enjoy golf. So that's something I can still do. (laughs) And, uh, I also try to run, uh, not long distances, but a couple of miles or so a day Mm. and enjoy exercising that way.
0: Mm. That's awesome. Well, Jeff, so tell us uh, what you're learning in the midst of uh, the coronavirus, just about life and leadership. Um, what is it that you're you're seeing and learning through this time?
1: Well, what a strange place this has been. Um, I, I think back to December 31st and everybody's gathered around TV sets, watching the ball drop, and imagining what 2020 is going to bring. And we're always hopeful. We're always Uh, excited about what God might bring, but I don't think any of us could have even imagined what 2020 was going to bring and Mm -hmm. what kind of year this would be. I think it's unprecedented in all of history uh, to be going through what we're going, especially when, um, as a country, I think we, in a lot of ways, we felt like we were in great shape, we were prosperous, uh, things were looking good for the economy, uh, things were looking good in so many ways and I think it just shows us how quickly things can change and how Mm. uh, we are not in control. Mm. God is, God is in control. And uh, if we begin to depend upon ourselves, if we begin to be prideful and think that we have it all figured out, um, there are ways to show us that we don't have it figured out. Mm. We have to trust in an almighty God who is in control of everything. So, um, you know, I, I think what this has done for me more than anything is to um, teach me that I can't depend upon myself. I can't depend upon my wisdom and my strength, but I have to lean more heavily on God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, Joe, is that, what What about you? What do you, what do you think? What is
0: <laughs> Well, I think, I think what you said is right on. Like, I I love what you're saying. I think, you know, the uncertainty of it reminds us we're not in control. And I think even the things that are most important are starting to come to the surface. And I know you had mentioned about your daughter uh, and her graduation and just how different that's, you know, had to be. How have you walked her through that during this time? Like just, I'm sure there's a lot of ups and downs for her oh, yeah. uh, with, with this. So how how would you encourage us, even as we think about walking with, whether it's high school seniors who graduating because you're in the middle of that, or college you know uh, seniors as well or or whatever it is that uh, people were hoping to be able to do but aren't able to do, how have you been able to walk alongside her in that
1: Well, you know we have been disappointed for her not being able to spend you know her last couple of months being able to enjoy those things that seniors enjoy as the last part of their high school senior year. Um, she's adjusted well and, um, she's handled that well. There's also the idea of transitioning. She's been accepted at a, at a university, uh, and is planning to attend the university of Georgia in the fall.
0: Go dog. Sick him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Following
1: in the footsteps of her, her parents. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, has been a big you know I've I delayed like I said I delayed my empty nest like 10 years by God's blessing and we were we were approaching that time in our life and I am, I am approaching that time in our life and it made us uh I don't know a, a silver lining the blessing of all of this has been to have her with us at home for extended times for us to be able to spend time together in this because uh, there's no no other option and yet it has been such such a joy to be able to most most every night uh, to end the, to end the day we spend time together mm-hmm. and just discuss what's going on mm-hmm. in her life uh, we have fun we play a board game or something like that uh, just being able to spend time with her and just it's been a special gift to be able to get extended time with her realizing that, um, uh, the time was is approaching fast, that she won't be at home. Mm-hmm. Anymore. Um, so we've tried to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, there's emotions that she's going through. My wife does a, a much better job than I do of understanding, uh, daughters and female, you know, uh, what she's experiencing, the emotions that, that, um, she does feel and she spent spends much time as well talking with her and interacting with her and she's she seems to be handling it well but we we were able to um, to do certain things we gave her her first car Mm -hmm. uh, and that was a surprise we were able to surprise her with that
0: that's awesome man
1: just kind of try to make up with the disappointments that she's experiencing with some joy and blessing. But the the key thing for her, I think, is just being able to connect um, regularly with her youth ministry. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're continuing to have Zoom meetings where uh, they have Sunday school on Zoom meetings. They also have, she has a small group of girls and has a tremendous discipleship leader who um, meets with, uh, with her high school girls, there's like four or five that are together every Wednesday night, just talking about life and talking about, uh, what Christ means to them and helping to encourage her. So she seems to be handling all that well, just praying for her transition to, to college whenever that might be able to, when it's ever it's safe for them to be able to get back.
0: Well, I think it's so important, too, like you said, to create uh, these memories in the midst of the disappointment the, part. To Not necessarily you're trying to fully replace it because you can't, but to create these other memories of joy, like board games or connecting gifts, you know, like a new car. I mean, I don't know about you, but, I, you know, <laughs> that's exciting. Uh, but then even the, you know, encouraging relationships that you already had. You know, to say, hey, you know, we want to encourage you to continue to do that and for her to take that initiative. I think it's important for us all, you know, and I know that you also mentioned to me and we share this just in the midst of uh, COVID-19. You know, we've had some, you know, family dynamics play out that are challenging. Like I mentioned uh, before on the podcast that my grandmother passed away and um, that was really hard because I couldn't be with her and can't be with my grandfather Uh, But then you had an issue, uh, you know, take place with your father as well. Can you just share with us a bit about that?
1: Sure. So uh, in mid-February, my father, um, who was in an assisted living, uh, actually in a hurry to get to his wee bowling, (laughs) uh, got tangled up and Mm. fell and actually fell awkwardly and and fractured the vertebrae in his neck. Mm. And so this was before uh, a lot of the lockdown took place and we were able to go down and and care for him. Uh, he was hospitalized. Uh, we chose to uh, allow him to not experience surgery, but to uh, seek to to heal through, through therapy and um, so he was able to get through the time in the hospital, and then went into rehab. And about the time he he started rehab and was doing rehabilitation was when the uh, the pandemic kind of came upon us. And the and the struggle has been that, as many have had to experience, the fact of having loved ones in nursing facilities and rehab facilities and Those people being most vulnerable and being people who, um, you know, we need to protect uh, those places have been kept locked down even from family members. And so it's been difficult to to not be able to be with him, to encourage him because so much a part of his recovery, I think, has has to be with um, just our physical presence and our daily encouragement and that hasn't been possible during this time. So I've had a real struggle with that. He had, he has declined steadily during that time and mm. uh, through a lot of prayer and through um, the fact that he's been able to move to a different facility recently, we've seen some improvement. And so we're excited about that. However, he's still in a, in a pretty precarious place mm. and just not being able to regularly be there with him Um, we're we're able to do video calls from time to time sometimes those were very discouraging because we could see the condition that he was in and um was not a pretty picture Mm -hmm. Uh, great news yesterday he had an x-ray uh neurosurgeons cleared him to take off his neck brace which he's worn for three months Mm -hmm. and so that is a joy for him and for us And uh, we're planning to go down in a couple of days and be able to look in his window and be able to see him face to face, even though we have that barrier uh, still between us of the the wall and the window.
0: Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, that's part of the hard you know, part of this, you know, is loved ones who are suffering and going through a a difficult time. And, you know, Jeff, I I think that even to be able to be honest, you know, like, hey, this is this is difficult, but to lean in you know, with one another and others and, and the Lord obviously as well, I think reminds us that he's near to us in those times and in those places. And I'm, I'm glad to hear he's, he sounds like he's doing better. Um, you know, is, is that right? Like you would say he's yeah, doing better.
1: He is doing better. He, he'd come from a place of near death though. Wow. So, um, you know, he, he's been hospitalized twice during this time with, with pretty serious, conditions but
0: crazy yeah. uh, he
1: has he has pulled out of that and uh, he's like I said still in a precarious place but doing much better than he was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh is stable and seeing some improvement actually. So we're uh-huh. we're we're thankful for that.
0: Well man, I, I uh I'm glad to hear that there is improvement. I know that's still it's got a long way to go, right? In the the midst of that, you know, um but
1: and I think all of that is just teaching us to te to, to lean on God, to trust Him. It's not the way we would do it. Right. And we have to trust that God has a a plan and He has a better way and I, I believe He does. And as as bad and as terrible as this pandemic has been, uh for many uh, we we've had a had a member of our church who actually contracted it and passed away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, just the difficulty of seeing loved ones have to experience that Mm. as as hard as that has been um, Mm. i think god is doing this to teach us to really learn to depend upon him and trust him and not Mm. in our own resources and our ways of doing things to trust Mm. that he has a better way and he is bringing i think he's bringing great things out of this things that are silver linings things that maybe could have happened in no other way
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it reminds me of the Psalm, right? Psalm 912 where it says, uh, teach us, you know, the number of days that we may gain a heart of wisdom, right? And I think, to your point, you know, I think that's definitely part of, of this. And, and so, Jeff, as we think about that idea of what's going on with COVID-19 and, and all the, the things that uh, we've talked about, uh, one of the things that I think is important in a season like this, but even uh, seasons post-coronavirus, is the ability to be faithful. And so as I think about you, Jeff Hodges, you're one of the most faithful people I know. So I wanted to ask you this question, what What does it mean to be faithful in your definition and in your life? Uh, how would you describe that?
1: Well, I think faithfulness, you know, and I appreciate Joseph, your, um, your words, kind words there, um, often, I feel like faithfulness is something we should emulate, but that I often feel I fall very short of. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. But um, I know that there's a mark that that I'm falling short of in that area. But I believe faithfulness is who God is. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, God is is always there. Uh, God is one who always keeps his promises. We can Mm -hmm. always trust. Think of verses like Lamentations three twenty three where it says, Great is your faithfulness, O God. And then in um first Thessalonians in chapter five, verse twenty four, where Paul says that God is faithful and he will do it. Mm-hmm. Philippians one six, he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So, the fact is, is faithfulness is who God is, it, and we should emulate that. Um, and I think it's something that um, that you know I want to be because I want to be like God. I want to be like Christ. Um, like I said, that that's something that I can't do in my strength, and and so often I I don't think I'm I'm as faithful as I should be. And many times I fall short.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think even the faithfulness too, like in response to the faithfulness of God, I love all those, those verses you mentioned, Jeff, I think allowing, um, ourselves to acknowledge the times where we're not faithful, but also to recognize that faithfulness is a characteristic, not only of God, but a characteristic that he wants to build within us. Mm -hmm. And, um, the The faithful factor is the ability to i think show up again and again uh, to do the thing that is not always easy to do um always fun to do um it can't be but it's it's saying hey, I'm willing to lean in to at times on un- things that are not pleasant or flashy or seem significant (laughs) but I see that faithfulness over time produces a lot of fruit within me right like it's a lot of faithfulness over time produces a lot of fruit within me and around me and I want to encourage no matter where you are on your spiritual journey as you're listening to this podcast and and you're thinking about um your own life I think faithfulness first of all by looking at man has God been a faithful God to you You know, do you see him that way? And we would, Jeff and I both would say, yes, he has been faithful. Um, But I think all of us need to wrestle with that. And then the other part of that is, are we wanting fruit without faithfulness? Like I, I hear a lot of times people want fruit. They want to see things changed, but they're not willing to be faithful in the small things that are going to yield the change that they want to see. Because faithfulness over time, again, brings those changes within who we are and and what's going on in our lives and i don't know i just think that there's something about faithfulness that really connects us to the heart of god not only from his own character but also when you watch the life of jesus there's so many times in his life where there's this hiddenness to who he is like there wasn't a lot of spotlight on him all the time like think about 30 years we don't know a lot about him and i think that's on purpose I don't think it's just to teach us like, oh, yeah, we kind of have to guess what he was doing. I think it's actually to remind us that development in our own lives, you know, it does take time. And, and to understand that the hiddenness uh, of of what's going on when no one else is watching and looking is really the foundation for the fruit that we want to see take place in years to come. And, you know, I've heard that even – when you look at the life of Jesus and you, you hear him, you know, make his public debut, so to speak, a lot of people would say that that age of like his thirties would be the equivalent of our fifties and sixties. <laughs> and I, and I think that's really just in the sense of lifespan in that age um, and time. And I think that there's something really beautiful about that. That is hard though, too, you know, to not, to not shortchange the gift of saying, Hey, when I'm not seen or when it's not flashy or like there's, there's a deep work that's going on within me that's just as important, if not more important, I would argue, than what's actually going to be seen, right? Because it's in the hiddenness and it's in that development that our characters forged, and out of our character comes the content of our lives, right? That's how it's meant to be. It's meant to flow out of that way. And I think that's a challenge for us all because I think it's easy, especially now, to produce a lot of content. Uh, But just because you can produce a lot of content doesn't mean it's coming from a place of of deep uh, character and spiritual formation within you. And we've got to be really mindful that I have to watch that even now. Like, hey, is what I'm creating the content coming from this deep character development and spiritual formation around faithfulness, the faithfulness of God and and the faithfulness of of even um, letting him do a deep work within me and then joining him what he has for me so I, I think faithfulness is such an important uh, characteristic but it's unsexy <laughs> you know it's not you know it's not always like something that's you know on on the top of, of, of mind but I, I think it's a priority that we all should pursue in our lives what, what do you think about that Jeff?
1: Well I think what I hear you saying is something I agree totally with is that there are no shortcuts right it's not something that we can just um, think we can reproduce very quickly. It's something that has to be built over time with consistency and um, you know doing things day in and day out that um, may not be glamorous, may not be something that um, is often easy, like you said. Um, and I think during this time, uh, as we're going through the the coronavirus situation is a time when I think we can take some time to examine our lives and, and seek to build faithfulness um, mm. because we're at a time where what I've been able to see is that in my life that I'm not able to do all the things that I was used to doing, um, but, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I need to slow down a little bit. Mm. Uh, so many times I find my days in the normal type life of rushing from one place to the next or going from one appointment to the next or, you know, being in a hurry that I kind of made an excuse sometimes for saying, well, I'm not going to be able to have as much time maybe to spend in my quiet time or maybe as much time to spend investing in the people who are most important to me. Mm-hmm. And then during that time, I'll long for those uh, opportunities, long for more time with God, long for more time with my family for the things that are really important. Well, now we have that chance. Now we have the time. There's no excuses. Here's time that you can really invest in in what's really important in your life. And I think, um, if you're feeling, um, at this point of your life that, you know, faithfulness is something you want to develop, I think it's a great time to really, uh, spend some time with the Lord, uh, examine your own heart, examine your life, and begin to, to take steps to shore faithfulness up in your life and, and make um, you know, new commitments. I do think uh, faithfulness comes a lot of times from commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes from being willing to say, um, I'm committed to this. I have a passion for this. When we're, when we're committed to something and passionate about something, Faithfulness often follows, that because um, you know if we're half, if we have a halfway commitment or a halfway passion, um, we're not going to be, I think, willing to do the the hard things. I've seen athletes over time, uh, maybe an Olympic athlete, who has a goal in mind, and they spend time day in and day out. Nobody sees them in the practice that they put in. And there's nothing uh, exciting about the practice and the, the hard work that's put in to develop the, uh, the skill that an athlete uh, and that kind of commitment takes. But yet that is what it takes to get to the point. And it's not an overnight thing. It's something that has to be done day in and day out. And I think mm-hmm. in the same way, scripture teaches us that you know physical values of, of our physical Training is of some value, but to train yourself to be godly, and godliness is the thing that um, we most need. And because of that, we're going to need, if, if, if an athlete's going to have to train so so much to be able to get to the place where they are able to uh, succeed, uh, how much more do we need to train ourselves and our spiritual disciplines be uh, growing in our godliness?
0: Yeah, and I would say even as you as you think about that word godliness, it's really the the idea of um, becoming who God's intended us to be and to, to know that we were created on purpose and for a purpose. And the only way we can live that fully out is to walk uh, closely with Jesus. Um, and I think one of the things that I've noticed with faithful people and the thing that, you know, I want to make sure I'm examining my life again and again is man, how close is my walk with Jesus right now? Am I walking with him? And, and a lot of times we're like, Oh, it's rest or work. You know, those, those two things kind of go against each other, but a lot of times in our minds, but in the economy of, of the kingdom of God, he says, no, I want you, I want you to actually rest and work with me. <laughs> like, I want you to walk with me as we do this together. And I think that the, um, the thing of the, the practicing of an athlete, I think is a really good parallel to even think about our own lives for developing faithfulness. And I know some of our listeners have maybe caught the last dance, uh, 30 for 30, uh, the Michael Jordan story, which is really the it's a Chicago bull story, but it's really a Michael Jordan <laughs> story in a lot of ways. Uh, but one of the things you can't escape is how much practice Michael Jordan and his team put in. I mean, they, they went at it. They, they weren't just good because they were talented. Um, their talent was unleashed because they put the work in through practice, through lifting, through studying, through, you know, developing new skills, um, working in the new, you know, one of the episodes talks about a new offensive scheme that they had to work through called the triangle. And, man, that, that meant Michael Jordan had to change how he played in order to become a champion, you know. Um, and I think in our lives – isn't that true that we need spaces and places to be going to work on the inside of who we are, you know, um, not just the outward though. Again, we're not, and I I think Jeff uh, has said this already, but we're we're not minimizing the outside. We're saying, Hey, it's all part of our discipleship journey. I think oftentimes though, we can tend to focus just on the outside um, and not pay attention to what's going on inside. Sometimes I think we can do the other way, though. Some of us are like, "Oh, just the inside, forget about the outside." Uh, but in Jesus, He's like He cares about both of it, both of those things, and uh, really wants us to to give Him the whole part of our life. So, as you think about faithfulness, Jeff, and maybe you've talked about this already, but how important has that been, though, just in the way you lead and in your own life as well?
1: Well, I think it's really important in ministry and just in, in living life because. Um, as you, as you follow Christ and as you see to point others to Christ, um, sometimes they need to see living examples. People need to see that, um, while they may not have met God yet, they may not know he's real, if they can see him working in your life and seeing you emulate or imitate, uh, faithfulness that comes to you only by his strength. Once mm-hmm. again, this is not something that we can, we can't b- build it up by just trying harder or by mm-hmm. thinking that we're a better person. It's only by depending on Jesus and seeing him build it in your life because ultimately we're, his faithfulness to us is what causes us to be faithful. Mm-hmm. But I think when they when someone sees you, your faithfulness, that that you care for them, that you um, are committed to them, that um, you keep your promises, that when you say you're going to do something that you follow through with it, as they see those things take place, they see something, I think, that's of God and what God calls for us to do. And I think it points them to Jesus. And while they may not have had many examples of faithfulness in their life in the past, as they see an example of faithfulness, I think it points them to the fact that there is a God Hmm. who creates that. And and, I think it makes them see that he's real and that Hmm. he is there and that ultimately he's the one, uh, we as humans will always let others down. We don't have the capacity of being able to sustain, um, even, even when we have a strong commitment, I think, that if, if we go in the strength of Jesus and we depend upon him and point them to Jesus, then they will find someone who will never let you down, who will, who will always be there, who will always keep his promises, and that they can depend on and ultimately uh, find eternal life with him.
0: Well, and I think it's, you know, that promise, right? And, and uh, I think it's First Timothy where he says, you know, when, when we're faithless, he's faithful. You know, and I, I think this goes to to your point. There are times where we're striving to be faithful, but we're going to fail. But he, does, he doesn't he wa- does walk away from us in our faithlessness. He comes near to us in that. And a characteristic and a fruit of walking with Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit is faithfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an attribute that supernaturally it's birthed in, in us and through us, through our um, submitting over our lives to walking with Jesus, but to allowing the Holy Spirit daily to have access to the whole of our lives to say, Holy Spirit, I want your activity to go at work within me. And I I saw this t-shirt that one of my friends from our our church here had made for a a friend who's in the midst of a a battle with cancer. And it says, um, do hard things, do hard things. And I I think faithfulness allows us to say, you know what, this is hard, but I'm going to do it anyways. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into hard things. I'm going to lean into hard conversations that are uncomfortable because honesty and, and, and working through those things are what deepens something in in me and that are going to impact the relationships of those around me as well. Like whether they are searching and not understanding fully who God is and they're, they're wrestling with this whole Jesus thing. But also I think the people that are closest to us, you know, I think about, uh, you know, you and your bride and I think about, you know, me and mine, uh, the, th- the thing that both of our brides have in common is the thing they want to see most in us and through us is the characteristic of a faithfulness. You know, they're not, they're not easily uh, impressed with big and flashy. Uh, I know that from knowing your bride, uh, but they are impressed with showing up and serving. They are, they are impressed with, hey, man, there's a humility here. There's a, you know, when, when you could be braggadocious, you choose not to be, you know, when, you know, um, when you could say something and it's within your right and you choose not to, or you speak up when it's uncomfortable, uh, because it's the right thing to do. And it's, you know, those are, a- you know, aspects of, of faithfulness. And I think, you know, just really understanding that faithfulness is attached to doing those hard things. Sometimes it's the things we say and the things we choose not to say. Um, sometimes it's the, the thing that we do that we would prefer not to do, you know, um, like, you know, maybe in our own quarantine life right now, some of us are like, I don't really want to do this homeschool thing with my kids, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, helping out around the house right now. Um, uh, maybe, maybe it's, you know, all, you know, all kinds of different things that are going on maybe it's choosing uh to have a joyful attitude when you know everything in us says wow oh, this is like very disappointing and this is not the quarantine life is not for me and i'm not enjoying it and it's so tiring and exhausting because of just the, the, the long nature of it but I, i'm reminded that faithfulness also helps us to set uh the thermostat for the the attitude that we're going to have around people you know the we set that, you know, when we walk into a room, you know, is there, is there an aspect of, Hey, I'm choosing joy. And part, that is part of faithfulness too is I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing to serve even when the circumstances I find myself are not the easiest or the most pleasant, it would be much, much easier um, to pull away versus pull in um, to it. And so I, I think that faithfulness is so important. And as I think about you, Jeff, the reason I asked you that question is I, I feel like you're one of the most faithful people I know. And I know you are going to kind of shy away from that. I didn't, I didn't ask you if you agreed with it. I'm telling you what I think. Uh, and as the host of the podcast, I'm, I have that as my prerogative here. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things that you you have done a majority of, of your life um, is is really spending time with the next generation. And as I think about that, that's one of those aspects where I see – faithfulness, I'll I'll never forget um, you pouring your life into me and my identical twin brother, uh, John, and um, investing in us, picking us up from our house, taking us to the local uh, Chick-fil-A on Fridays, um, you know, coming to our high school and and, and grabbing lunch with us and, and helping us. You know, even though we weren't fully, I would say we weren't yet fully there spiritually, we were on on the in process, and uh, you were a big part of showing us what it meant to be faithful, um, and to faithfully love and serve people, even when you know they would make choices or do things that you're like, what are you, what are you thinking, you know, like you know, and then I have a number of stories like that where you know I would you know check myself out of school, pretending to be my dad by using the payphone across from the you know um, admin office there you know and uh, you know just all kinds of things that i i would do you know i was on probation by the time i was a freshman uh, i was in school suspension i can't even count how many times i was out of school suspension as well as held back you know i had to catch up and 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 then eventually you know it started to come to a headway where I understood more fully of, of the life that I was intended for and what Jesus had done for me. And, you know, you're a big part of that, showing me that and then even providing opportunities for me to hear that message about who, who Jesus is. And, and I'll never forget, we were at an event together and I, I told you the story recently where um, Andy Stanley actually was speaking. He's a pretty well-known pastor and speaker. And I was, uh, it was my senior year of high school. Um, and, and really his thing was all about trusting Jesus and just started talking about trusting and and the more I thought about that word it, it began to really move me from uh, hey I'm I'm seeking I'm I'm going to church youth groups to asking the question why don't I trust him like what what is it and there was a lot of reasons why you know there's a lot of stuff in my story that made it difficult to trust him. And I think trust in general is just a scary thing for anybody. Uh, but it was really scary for me uh, to hand him over my life. But that, that event um, really led me to after my, when I graduated high school to fully say, I'm, I'm trusting you, Jesus. I'm letting you lead uh, my life. And, and Jeff, you are a big part of that story um, of just pouring your life Uh, into me. And and so I believe you live that out. And I'm only one of many guys and girls who've been impacted. There's several other leaders across the United States that have been impacted by your point into them. So can you tell us the importance of pouring into uh, the next generation?
1: Well, it was, it was a lot of fun to hang out with you during those years and, Mm to see God work in your life. And so it's great to hear that testimony, uh, Joe, but um, I think um, it's definitely so important to invest in the, the next generation. second um, Timothy 2, 1 and 2 um, mm. has been one of my life verses or life passages. Um, and uh, I saw it demonstrated in people who poured into me and who trained me to pour into others But second timothy 2 1 and 2 says you therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in christ jesus and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others as well and so that was something that was just instilled in me from the time i, I was very fortunate as a as a teenager to be a part of a uh, youth student ministry where genuine discipleship took place. And I don't think that's always the case in every ministry. A lot of times we do attractional ministry. We do things to try to bring people in, to try to look good, to try to be flashy, as you said before, and um, try to see what we can do. And we can, we can build ministries that are a mile wide but only an inch deep. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, um, there was a man who uh, led our our ministry who took the time to really develop discipleship in us. Um, you know that poured into us, helped us to grow and understand what it meant to really follow Jesus, and um, helped us to really uh, challenge us to to ask questions about our faith, to 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 you know live out our faith. We saw. Um, we saw leaders who would take a, an interest in us, genuine interest in us and love us and, you know, go to our basketball games and mm. send cards to us and just, um, really show us that, that we were important to, to God and that the best way we could live our life or that really the only way to live your life is to live your life with Christ as your Lord and savior. Cool. So, um, I was so fortunate, didn't realize really how fortunate I was, I think, till I went off to college hmm. and my first couple of years at college, I began to experience uh, the other side of life, not that I was participating in those things, but hanging around people who um, weren't living from that perspective. And as I saw them live, one of the things as I, I spent time with them, I, I learned was that many of them had grown up in churches mm. and um, but even through their time in church. Now, I think that's changed for this day and time. I don't think as many are going to church as they used to, but back in the days when I was in college, you know, a lot of people were brought up in church. Mm. Unfortunately, many of these uh, guys that I was with, um, even though they had brought, been brought up in church had never learned how to have a relationship with Jesus and never been discipled, never been taught about that. And so they kind of just, church was something that they felt like they had to endure while they were a teenager or while they were a child. But once they graduated from high school, they left that and and didn't want to be involved anymore and wanted to see another side of life because they hadn't found anything that was of meaning in the church they were in. And so that troubled me. And uh, during that time, God pricked my heart and um, really challenged me. I think to, and this was probably my call to ministry, was to give other people the same opportunity that I had had. So mm-hmm. many uh, were missing that opportunity, mm-hmm. and to not hold what I had had, not hoard what mm-hmm. I had had, but to share it with others. And so um, that was kind of my driving uh, force. I think my my driving call to and commitment to be involved in student ministry, mm-hmm. and, uh, made a commitment to do that. And and God was so faithful to put me in places where I was able to, to put that into practice and to bring people into my life. who could help train me to be able to, to do that. I think of mentors who have, who have meant so much to me. Um, but, uh, I just think it's a tremendously important thing for us to do. And I think it comes a lot through being willing to um, do what it takes to to disciple and to spend meaningful time um, sharing God's word and sharing with others how they can have a meaningful life with Christ and and not to only share the word, but also live it out in front of them. Mm. To, uh, do that relationally, I think it 's so important because you know, so much more is caught than taught, mm. and I think by spending time with others and them seeing it play out in your life, and even in the even in the struggles that you have, even in the mistakes you make uh, to see how Christ uh, makes a difference in your life through that, mm. I think many times if we just get up in front of a group of people and teach and preach um, so often we are preaching to people and teaching to people who look at us and say, I could never do that. I could never be like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think you're, you know, above reproach. That There's no way that you could ever uh, struggle with anything. Mm-hmm. And if they see that uh, you're a real person that, only, that Christ is working in, then they can see that, um, that yeah, that uh, Christ can work in my life as well.
0: Mm-hmm. which I think goes to back to our other part of the conversation. I, and I wanted to put these two things together on purpose. Faithfulness allows us to have the opportunity. If we'll walk that journey in our own lives, then to uh, faithfully walk with others. So we're pointing, we're pouring out what's been poured into us. And, and that's the, the cycle that even he, you talked about when you read through second Timothy is, Hey, we're, we're pouring in, they're pouring out, you know, we're pouring, we've been poured into, then we're pouring out to others, and then they're going to be able to be poured in and then pouring out to others. And, and that continues down that path. And that requires us to faithfully journey with people, um, even through the, the ups and the downs, even in our own brokenness, right? I think that's even part of showing, hey, we're faithful to acknowledge our brokenness and, and we're faithful to let you know that God's not done with us or done with you, even in those broken spaces and places, but he meets us in that. And I I think there's just power of showing up. Like I'll never forget you just showing up in, in your, uh, your van, you know, Uh, I forget what kind of van it was. It was, uh, what what kind of van was it? It was, what kind of van was (laughs) But you know, I think we broke
1: some laws with a number of people who were (laughs) into that van.
0: But I remember you like picking us up in that van. I remember you, um, you know, sharing, sharing life and, and, and talking about all kinds of different things. And then even the fun parts of listening to punk rock music with, with me and, and my brother, <laughs> super and, times. you know, some ska music and, and even, you know, you, you add the other layer of just sharing life about just normal stuff of, you know, parenting and, and uh, family and, and stuff that, you know, a lot of people don't have necessarily the best example of, of close, and then letting that spill over to conversations about like you know sports, and I know we talked about you know uh, Bulldog Nation. And I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff. I remember, didn't you know Dominique Wilkins? Is that right, or am I just falsely <laughs> remembering that?
1: I didn't. I never knew Dominique personally, uh, but I did go to school with him
0: at okay. University
1: of Georgia, and um, yeah, they were they were actually he and Herschel Walker who's another great athlete, both of them such great athletes, at Georgia, probably the two greatest that have ever been there. Uh, They were actually in a class of athletes who were in a class right before my class. So we always waited outside and watched them. (laughs) They were listening to their professor. And uh, some of those athletes would listen very well, and some of them had their heads on the desk. I won't say which ones did. But... uh, it was kind of interesting to to be there, even though no, I didn't, I did not know them personally. Well, I,
0: I mean, you, this goes back to your you, how hum- humble you are, because you were faithfully training both of them, right? Isn't that how? <laughs> Mitchell Walker and Dominic. Well, I was you're... doing that um,
1: with Dominique one time, but I got my my hand <laughs> caught in the rim.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well. Jeff, as we think about uh, pouring into others, and, and, and really, I, I would say, you know, whether it's about the next generation or people in general, I think it is so important that we're pouring our lives out into others. And and we, we're meant to give what we actually have. We can't give what we don't have. And that's where this faithfulness, you know, comes in, because faithfulness means I'm filling up, I'm walking with Jesus, and then I'm spilling out. Like, I have something in my life that is deep deeply uh, developed within me so that faithfulness leads to this fruitfulness which also speaks to our relationships with others so as we think about that what, what are some steps you think we could take immediately to start pouring into others
1: well i can say you know it may it may not be student ministry it may be another ministry but i think the most important thing we can do is to begin to develop leadership and uh, leaders were really probably my greater focus mm. um, for the purpose of building leaders who would pour into the lives of students. So we we only have so much capacity. You know, we're one body, we're one mind. Um, we have certain interests and certain uh, abilities to connect, but um, it needs to be over a broader spectrum. So. Mm. I think that to, to build any kind of ministry, whether it be student ministry or any other ministry, it's important for us as the leader to take time to invest in others, um, and that can just be through uh, lunch times together. That can be through, in this day and time, I guess it'd have to be, um, you know, six feet away to do that, or, or Zoom yeah. call, or some way. But uh, you know, hopefully that won't last you know, a whole long time. I mean, I think we're in this for a while, but you know, as soon as things can open up and we're able to safely do things, I think it's important to, um, to just begin to build into leaders. I remember the first church I was ever in, I had great advice from the pastor uh, who I was serving under. And he, he asked me the first year, he said, what I really want you to do the first year is to build relationships with people. And so um, I made a point uh, during that year to just try to get in as many homes and that may not be the best way to do it now, but to get uh, in in as many um, places to where I could connect with people and share my vision and share my heart. And so I did that. That was, you know, daily appointments where I would spend time with people and just say, hey, this is what God's put on my heart. I just want to share it with you first of all, would you pray with me about this?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and secondly, if you, if that's all you do is pray, we've got something great going here. But mm-hmm. if God pricks your heart and sh- and you have a similar conviction and similar desire as I do, I'd love you to come and be a part of this team. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll help you to know how to do that. So as you know, talking about faithfulness, you know, sometimes you had to, do a number of meetings before you found that person who really connected that person who really had a heart for the same kind you did or the same ministry you did. And so after I did that for a while, uh, you know, maybe over a year, I, I probably had seven or eight people who, you know, I felt like really had a heart for student ministry. And I began to just take them through God's word, began to take them through some training and student ministry. Um, and then, as I, I, I got to a certain place, you know, we didn't just immediately go in and start, you know, discipling students, I had to build leaders first. And after investing in those leaders over time and then continuing after, um, after we had already started and they had started ministry, but I, I began to let them loose to be able to go and develop um, discipleship groups of teams, mm-hmm. men with, with guys and women with girls who would begin to pour into their lives. And uh, it was just uh, tremendous to see what came out of that, um, just in that area. And so I think um, all that's to say is that uh, some of the steps that we can take is just what we've been talking about before, to be faithful, to, to do the little things, to begin to invest in others, to begin to share your vision with others, um, what God's calling you to do and see who else will connect with you and then to uh, see what God does through that.
0: So good, Jeff. And I think it's important even for us to to be looking at it that way. Like we have a limited amount of resourcing that we can do as far as pouring into others. So I think the intentionality of pouring into leaders then who are going to pour into others and continuing to pour into those leaders so they pour into others and that's how multiplication actually happens because then the goal would be those students would then pour into other students you know and, and we're, we're setting the stage uh, for that and I think I think oftentimes it's you know assumed that that's known but I, I agree with you I think a lot of people didn't experience that you know and, and I know you mentioned that story I, I was really fortunate at a early age to have that happen and and even for me, I've had to realize that it's not really com- – it's not commonplace for people. You know, a lot of people didn't have that experience. And, and I think even to be able to say, hey, um, you can do this too, right? Because like, that's a lot of times the barrier. They're like, I haven't seen it. And so you're having to show them <laughs> like how to do it too, right? And I, I think that's the gift in the midst of the faithfulness. So, so, Jeff, you were in youth ministry for how many years total again?
1: Um, I was in, let's see, five years in one church, so about 30, 31 years.
0: Wow, that's awesome, man. You're so, you're so faithful, man. It's, it's awesome. Now now you have a new role. Tell us about what you're doing and how you're serving the community in this current role that you're in.
1: Well, it's interesting. Um, for the last five years, uh, I've served as a missions pastor. Uh, which is is a great passion of mine. It's something that I've really enjoyed and was a, a, a big part of our youth ministry was doing um, serving in, in mission uh, opportunities, um, both going on mission trips as well as trying to find projects locally that we could do to make an impact in our community. And uh, so it was just, you know, if I could have designed a position for myself at this this season of my life, it would have been something like that. It's interesting. Uh, the last year, I've actually my position is now I'm a pastor of missions and administration. So that sounds kind of schizophrenic. I mean, <laughs> you can think of two different, most opposite things because one is tied. You almost I'm overseeing our office at the church, but at the same time, I'm the missions pastor. So you know, if you think of those two, how could that be? Um, I guess, though, as, as I look at it, I think I'm uniquely gifted for that. Yeah. Um, it's right. something that God's built into me and I, I appreciate the opportunity um, because uh, of some of the administrative gifts that I have, that's something that um, the Lord has uniquely designed me for. But, I'll, I, but I don't have to just stay in the office all the time. I can get out and do ministry. At the same time. So I get the best of both worlds, I think, as far as what I've involved, And I'll say this to begin that, you know, when we when I started as missions pastor, was, it's the first time we've had a missions pastor at our church. And uh, so it was kind of like a blank slate. What did you do with that? We we had done um, lip service and some mission strategy in the past, um, but no one to oversee it regularly. And so it was kind of like developing that with a team of people and, uh, with our leadership at our church, as well as, uh, people who have been able to, um, recruit and, and have come alongside me in missions ministry. And hmm. what we fell on was an Acts one, eight strategy, which is, um, you know, we feel like is what scripturally we're told to do. before he ascended um that you will be my witnesses in Judea and uh, excuse me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and so we take that to mean that we need to be involved um balanced in and locally uh, domestically and then overseas and internationally to to reach unreached people with gospel and uh, it's been a it's been great um Fun to, to be able to uh, find mission partners such as yourself, those who are, are taking the Great Commission seriously and going and, and sharing Christ in unreached places um, such as the Valley. Um, we, we've gone to Utah. We've gone to Africa um, and to um, the Caribbean, uh, to Latin America. Um, just different places where we're seeking to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And it's just been, been a lot of fun to, do, to develop teams that have been investing in those places to get to know mission partners who are spending time day in and day out sharing Christ with people and, and loving mm-hmm. people in those places and hearing their stories and hearing what's going on and, and hopefully support them um, in, in, some, in some ways. Uh, so, but, but at the same time locally, we are, are doing ministry, um, I I oversee our care ministry, which is something that, uh, even though I'm in the office much of the day, we have a lot of people who come to us because of, of great needs in their life. And so the first point, uh, of contact with them is usually through our care ministry and through being able to um, speak with them and and to see how we might assist them as a church to get through the struggles that they're going through in life, uh, whether it be financially or whether it be spiritually. And so uh, that gives me a good outlet for that. I have some wonderful people who have come alongside me, who support me, who taught me. Uh, I didn't know a lot about that kind of ministry, actually, when I first started a few years ago. And I've had some who have been very experienced and involved who've come alongside and, and people that I can turn to when I have questions about how to handle a certain situation. Uh, they have more experience than I do, but it's, it's something that we're seeing more and more of, especially in the situation that we're in now, uh, where people are losing jobs and losing income. Um, uh, that are in desperate situations and um, the gospel is what is the answer for them um as they learn to um that, that God cares about them and we can't always give them exactly what they want um you know I think Peter and John were the ones that were when the lame man came and or when they came the lame man obviously and he said uh you know he was hoping to get silver and gold from them and they said uh, silver and gold we don't have but what we have we will give you
0: and, um,
1: I think that's what we have to say many times is, you know, we may not have exactly what you would want from us, but hopefully we, we, we believe that we have something that that's
0: even better than what you thought you were looking for. So good, man. So good, man. Well, yeah, Jeff, I really appreciate just even the ways you've walked with us as a church. Um, and even specifically as we've started to start other churches and, and multiply and, and uh, you guys have been such a generous partner of, of us and to us. And we've been able to work with other church planners in, in light of having that partnership. So we're just really grateful for you. And I'm really grateful to have you Jeff um, on the podcast. It's been a real gift uh, to me. Your life has always been a gift to me. And then to, to be able to dive deep on those, some of these different areas. So as people think about next steps as far as connecting with you or, or learning more about what you're involved in, where, where, were, where was the best place for them to connect with you, and where can they find more even about the church as well?
1: Yeah, so our website is SmyrnaFirst.org. S m y r n a f i r s t dot org. Uh, my email is J H o d g e s at Smyrna. Spell out SmyrnaFirst. F i r s t dot org. And so those are probably, that's probably the best way to contact me. I'd love to be able to share more and to be able to assist in any way that I can.
0: Well, Jeff, thanks again for being on the vision for the Valley podcast. I love you and I'm grateful for you. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, how God uses this and even the idea of faithfulness going forward.
1: Thanks Joe. And, uh, it's been a, a pleasure to be with you again. Love you. Uh, love John, your brother, and uh, your families. And I'm just excited about what God's doing through your ministry.
0: Well, thanks again for being on the podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Vision for the Valley podcast. We'd love to connect with you and to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Vision for the Valley podcast, or you can email us at podcast at gmail.com.